The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. On today's episode of the Tuesday Point, we will be talking about the Supreme Court case that came out Friday, June 24th, called Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, in which the United States Supreme Court ended the right of women to abortion services. We will be speaking with Planned Parenthood of the Columbia Willamette, including Ben Health Center Manager Joanna Dennis-Cook and educator Liliana Cabrera. And we are also joined in the studio today by Shanti O'Connor, the uh, powerful host of our Tuesday afternoon show, Curiosity Lab, which focuses on women's issues and other issues. Uh, Shanti? And welcome to the 18th Century Historical Edition of the Tuesday Point. Uh, we're going to turn things over to Shanti, Joanna, and Liliana in just a second. I just wanted to add quickly that we chose to focus this morning on the more practical aspects and local aspects of the removal of abortion as a right under the United States Constitution. You've likely heard many of the broader law and policy issues, and we will. but we are very grateful. That's why, one of the reasons we're very grateful to have Joanna and Liliana, who have been bravely making all kinds of women's health care, including abortion, available here in Central Oregon for many years and are determined to keep doing that in the face of this recent denial of fundamental human rights. Shanti? Yeah, thank you. Um, maybe before we even begin uh, with that, I'm, I would love to hear from you, Liliana and Joanna, just about your personal feelings and reactions to um, the recent ruling. All right. Hi, I'm Liliana. I'm the Education and Training Programs Coordinator for our local Planned Parenthood here in Central Oregon. And I was up early. I read the news. Um, I think I it was scrolling through Instagram when I saw it. And, um, you know, even though we knew it was coming, it doesn't make it less devastating when it does come through. Um, and so it, it was really hard. And um I cried and um, as the day pressed on, connected with folks um, and was in community and, um, you know, had the resolve to say, you know, work, let's keep working, you know, this, yeah. Mm, Yeah, so it sounds like uh, not only did it emotionally impact you, but you also felt some fire of like, uh, we need to work even harder now. What about you, Joanna? Yeah, um, I mean, I think very similar, like, just so sad and, and mad, you know, uh, even even knowing it was coming, it was was almost surprised at how, <clears throat> how extreme my reaction was. Um, but we had work to do. We came in that day, we took care of patients, including patients seeking abortion, and um, there was a lot to be said, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot to be said for being a community, kind of like Liliana was saying. Of just being with people who um, were just as deeply affected by this decision, and um, but but being here to support the people that we could, the patients that we could. Yeah, uh, abortion's an interesting issue because it is something that um, touches all of us in one way or another, whether we realize it or not. We all know somebody who has made that choice or has needed to make that choice. So um, the implications are are huge. And I was really, um, it was interesting because uh, KPOV had a booth at the Gay Pride Festival, and I was I was really interested in hearing all the conversation around the recent ruling. Right, this was Saturday. The ruling was Friday. 
And um, what came at the end of those sentences was, and we know that they're going to come for us next and take away our rights. So it, it seems like a kind of a time in history, a WTF time. Like, is this really happening? Uh, how is this happening? Um, but maybe let's move forward with um, the, the local and state implications. Um, on, the, on the local level, how do you see the recent ruling impacting um, us? And you guys at Planned Parenthood. Um, yeah. So, I mean, clearly in Oregon, uh, the right to abortion is still still legal. Uh, people living in the state um, have as much access as they've always had. Um, what we're expecting is we know Idaho has a ban going into effect within 30 days um, following its ruling. Um, and so the Guttmacher Institute estimates that uh, Oregon abortion clinics will see a 234% increase in, in demand. Did you say three and to so four? We've known this is coming. We've been 234. 234. Okay. I was like, that seemed low. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so we've been preparing for that. We've been increasing staffing. We've been increasing our resources. We've been working to make sure that our staff is well taken care of um, so that they can kind of work through these hard times that are coming. Liliana, what about um, um, on the um, on the more state level? What do you see some of the implications beyond just uh, where we're going to receive um, more care from people out of state? On a state kind of space, um, I mean, we know that people are having to travel um, distance um, two to three to four hundred miles to access care. Um, we know that folks are. Um, mobilizing to ensure that folks that are traveling for care um, are um, getting support. Um, so if they need uh, funds um, for, you know, for gas, for travel, for child care, for lodging, for food, all of those different things um, are things that um, people are already kind of mobilizing around, have been doing work for years, decades, if not more. Um, and so I think um, continuing that work is going to be really important and connect, getting connected with the groups that are already doing that work. Yeah, that's an interesting point, because I think a, a lot of times we don't realize the implications on the local level in terms of um, these these procedures are a privilege. You need to have money and access and care in order to even do this. And so this ruling really does impact um, communities differently. You know, uh, you know, certain communities that don't have the same um, financial means might not be able to travel even 30, 40 miles to get care and access. So um, you said, Liliana, that on the on the state level, we are going to um, provide a little more resources. Um, what about, um, you know, a place to stay? Like, you know, staying in a in an Airbnb or a hotel, that's one or two hundred dollars overnight. That's a lot of money. And then gas is insane right now. So um, are there certain organizations that are being developed or is it more just through Planned Parenthood? You guys are, you know, giving those resources. Yeah, I mean, we I want to encourage folks to kind of 
do more than what is existing right now. We want to resource and support the organizations that are doing this work, have been doing this work. Seeding Justice has the Oregon Reproductive Health Equity Fund um, that is going to support folks. The Northwest Abortion Fund, they are um, actually who we are referring folks to. Um, so that way they are the ones that are organizing and coordinating folks for travel. Um, the Central Oregon Abortion Collective um, also is the you know more local um, group that is referring and getting folks connected um, across the eastern um, Cascades and all the way through um, Idaho um, so folks can find where they can access care um, and the Cascade Abortion Support Collective as well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So we have a lot of resources. Um, you, you know, something that we all know that if someone needs or wants an abortion, first of all, to even come to that point of that decision is a huge decision. It doesn't, I'd, I've never known anyone that that comes uh, lightly to them. And when they make that decision, the amount of shame and heartache that surrounds it, and because there's such a stigma, and a lot of women don't share their story. Right. A lot of women are scared of the judgment and um, the backlash of their choices. And so I'm, I'm curious also, what about um, beyond just, you know, we can go see a counselor. Are there resources um, a- around that that you guys provide or refer to to help women with more of the emotional beyond just a therapist? Because, again, that is a higher level privilege um, uh, for access. And so it's not available to a lot of um, individuals. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, every patient who comes to us um, for abortion services gets uh, resources around, specifically we refer to a program uh, called Dick's Tale. And they are a pro-choice group of uh, counselors that does a lot of, they can, they can do some options, something ahead of time. They also mostly focus on post-abortion counseling um, to help folks kind of work through those feelings that come up afterwards. Absolutely free. It can be done over text. It can be done over phone. They have really great hours. Uh, very amazing program. Um, and then kind of if someone's needing further help beyond that, then, then that program can actually help connect them with counselors in the area that will take, you know, five and and stuff like that. But they do have a really good um, free point of, of entry and stuff. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I mean, because uh, it's good to get immediate care, but it's also a lifelong, right, um, care and um, really unwinding that stigma and shame. So I, I would love to hear, uh, Liliana, what are some some points that you you really want um, the community to hear that's important um, for us to know about um, where we're at right now in history? Um, yeah, um, I was at Juneteenth a couple of weeks ago, and I actually had a uh, display of a timeline of reproductive justice and oppression. Um, I want to remind folks that um, our ancestors had autonomy and agency over their sexual and reproductive lives. And so for me, like as a person who is a descendant of um, indigenous peoples that were migratory in the Americas from Central to North America, like that's something that's important to me and something that um, I want to bring out and acknowledge all of the work that people of color, uh, black women have been doing around um, reproductive justice and um, practicing autonomy and agency over our sexual and reproductive lives. Um, 
this knowledge has been passed through midwives, doulas, um, from elders to the next generations of practitioner, practitioners and have refined these methods over millennia. And of course, you know, um, along comes Western medicine and um, a lot of the reproductive oppression that we've seen over time. And so for me as an educator, um, I know Joanna has been doing this work for, you know, a couple of decades now. I've been doing this work almost that long. I've been in this work for 16 years. And so we've seen, you know, this is kind of, um, it, it comes in waves. And so we've been doing this work and we are able to um, feel some um, moments of we're going to be okay, but know that the next wave is coming. And so um, we are prepared. We've been doing this with community alongside reproductive justice organizations and even looked internally as an organization to do better. Um, and so we know that um, I want to kind of pull back away from this um, notion that, um, you know, yes, this is devastating and we have been doing this. We have ensured that people have access to these services. Um, we know that the methods and practices are um, even within um, the um, limitations that some of, you know, that do exist because of oppression. Um, we do have more access now than we have in the past. We have safer methods now that we have had in the past. And so we can and need to ensure that these are available to those who need them. Um, and so um, ensuring so things like abortion doulas as well. We have um, abortion doulas, not through Planned Parenthood directly, but we're working on making sure that folks can um, do that and ensure that folks do have um, inclusive um, folks that can support anyone who is accessing abortion care. I'm curious on the individual level, how can we um, really look at and work on um, reproductive oppression? Either of you that have have something. I mean, I mean, so when I when I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking the implications of uh, uh, abortion are, are they're very individual and private, right? And each person comes to that decision for a very important reason. And I think what happens too often is there's a mix between church and state. You know, we, we kind of rely on these um, sort of religious beliefs that dictate what we can and can't do and also dictate our maybe oppression and shame around what's happening. And so... Um, you know, beyond just, I mean, I think, I'm, I'm going to say, I think it's really important for women to start coming out on an individual level and speaking up a little bit more. I think that's going to help for people to see that, oh, this, this person that I love dearly made this choice, and this is why she made this choice, and this is the implications of that choice for her. She was able to go to college. Her partner that she, um, you know, got pregnant with was able to go to college. Had they made the choice to have the child, maybe they would have made you know different choices in terms of college that they would have would have had to work it meant that the parents of these children who are, are of these adults who are about to have children who maybe chose to ha chose to have a, uh, an abortion they uh, also you know um, didn't have to pick up a second job to support the adult children who are about to ch you know I mean I don't I don't know I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about when we um, unwind oppression, it has to start on the first individual level. When you can really look at ways you're participating 
uh, consciously and unconsciously, then you and you can unwind that and understand that. Then you can start um, being engaging in the world in a different way. So, any thoughts about individually what we can do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, being consistent, um, showing up at the rallies is great, and be a part of the local organizing efforts that are happening, um, using your own privilege and positionality where you are. Um, so if it's talking to an employer, talking to your community, talking to your neighbors, like actually um, when we talk about destigmatizing abortion, like it, any reason that someone has to have an abortion is valid. You know, we don't need to justify why um, folks are getting uh, abortion services or abortion care. Um, fight the power structures where you are and um, however you can um, passing the mic when you have, um, you know, p privilege and are able to pass that on to others. Um, join the organizing efforts already in place, build community solidarity. Um, I know um, I'm going to, I'm going to plug um, some of my programs. Um, the team council program is a program for high school students to um, receive training around sexual health education including information about um, accurate factual information about abortion so they can talk to uh, their peers factually about that. We have a couple of um, openings for new members in the fall time. We just, um, up, um, excuse me, accepted um, almost 40 students for this year, um, upcoming school year. Um, our college ambassadors are um, working on doing some film screenings and hosting some panels so people can learn more about the history of um, reproductive justice, reproductive oppression. Um, some of the documentaries that have been coming through that maybe people haven't had an opportunity to engage with, we want to make those possible here so that we can have these conversations and build our understanding around this and build stronger um, networks for folks that are accessing services and for our own individual, like you were saying, growth, development, learning, and know how to show up better for folks. I also want to give a shout out to um, Uprise Collective, um, which is a local organ um, organization that uh, does work like this. Uh, for these events that are coming up, is there a place that we can go to and, and just to remind ourselves that they're happening? Um, follow um, Redmond Collective Action on um, Instagram. Follow us, Planned Parenthood, on Instagram. Follow um, Planned Parenthood Teen Council for our teens. Um, and we will have um, more information as it's available for our um, events that are coming up. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for also really um, highlighting that, you know, there's some crappy things happening and... We're, we, we've got this. We can do this. And there's a lot of structures in place to help us. Um, and I do want to say that um, what is the risk of leading with curiosity? Right. I mean, my, my show is called Curiosity Lab because I think it's one of the most important things that we can learn how to do. Be curious about these issues. Be curious about the, the deeper, you know, um, issues at hand and allow yourself to have a conversation with someone. Try to understand what's going on, what they need, what's happening, you know. And I'm, and I'm, I'm wondering, like, if we lead with that, what changes and what would how would we um, engage um, differently? Um, Joanna, you haven't said anything in a while. I'm curious if you have anything to add. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Liliana's got this nail. Yeah. The, the, 
her knowledge of what's going on in the community is uh, well beyond what I do. Um, I am very entrenched in the health center and have, uh, you know, the logistics of how we're going to handle the surge down. But as far as the community outreach, Lily, I'm your, your go-to person. Yeah, I think the community outreach is huge because, like I said earlier, this is a community issue, um, you know, not only locally, but globally. And, um, you know, when children are, are born that aren't necessarily um, desired, what does that mean for the community? How, you know, what happens to that child and then how does that impact the community? I mean, there's there's really so much we could say about this issue. So either, I think for either Joanna or uh, Liliana, one of the things I was wondering, Liliana, you, you brought up the, the long history, millennia-long history of uh, women's reproductive care in indigenous communities. Uh, well, I just want to make a very fast comment on the fact that this case was allegedly decided on historical based on a historical analysis, which was a very narrow, inaccurate Western male view of history that I, I found incredibly objectionable, even internally inconsistent. And so thank you, Liliana, for adding that ex- that piece that's so important to the whole, to understanding the whole issue. But I was wondering if you could talk about um, the different ways that abortion care can be provided. I think most of us generally think of surgery. And there are other options. And I was wondering if y'all can, you can talk about that. I feel like that plays into the, the, the looking, looking at the, these cases and looking at how, the, how communities can help uh, people gain access to abortion services. So can either one of you talk about that issue? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll say, you know, certainly within um, our medical model, our medical system, we have, you know, clearly there's the in-clinic abortion, which is, typically what people think of as the surgical abortion, and then the medication abortion using the pills um, that can be done at home. Um, those are those are the two ways that it's done in the first trimester anyways, um, and that's what we offer here in Bend. You know, there are people who have done, uh, you know, creative things. There are um, ways in which people are going outside of the medical system to take control of their reproductive health. Obviously, I don't, I can't really speak much on that. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that we have really increased our amount of like telehealth around um, around abortion care. So we do a fair amount of uh, medication abortions through telehealth, where the medications are either mailed to a person's home or to a pickup spot somewhere in either Oregon or Washington, where we have our clinics and our providers are licensed. Um, and I'm so sorry. What was the second part of your question? Well, no, it was really I, I was really actually getting at the the uh, the medical or the the I guess you so you call the pill aspect of it. Yeah, the, the outside the medical system issue is one of the concerns, right, that, that people will, will, will take uh, risks that, are, that should be absolutely and completely unnecessary and unheard of in a society that was based on, you know, a, a caring view of, of health care and humanity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't help editorializing right now. The, uh, but yeah, so I just want. I just appreciate you letting people know that there are other other, you know, medically you know, approved ways to to uh, take care of women's reproductive health. I have to say, uh, on a more national level, I think everybody should take a look at the five minute speech that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez gave last Friday. I think it sums it all up, and it also sums up what we're going to have to do to make the changes that are necessary. So if you haven't watched that, do. Liliana? 
Yeah, um, I I wanted to go back to, you know, self-managed abortion. Um, There are safe ways to do that with the the care and, you know, being monitored by um, medical support um, because it's so important that, yes, I, I mean, I think back to um, family, you know, telling, you know, sharing about herbal teas to, you know, maintain menstrual regularity and those kinds of things. Um, but also understanding that um, those were things like I had mentioned had been practiced and there was wisdom. And if we don't have that access to even those kind of indigenous practices and things like that, that were managed by people who had, um, practice this for a long time we need to be really careful around that and um like uh, joanna was mentioning um these things are accessible through telehealth through the mail um it's just a matter of making sure that people know how and where um to be able to um to to access those things so these networks um community um building community so that people can um know that they have allies to be able to support them through this process wherever they are Thank you so much, the two of you, for being on. Um, I think let's continue this conversation. And um, I I just encourage all of you to look into those organizations that Liliana um, shared and to like, you know, Planned Parenthood on Instagram and, and get involved. Have conversations. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned definitely following on Instagram, also Facebook. I mean, those are the social media networks, but we know that the the fight is not in the comments. It is in real life. And so showing up, showing out and doing the work where you are is going to be the most important. And I want to say, let's humanize this, this, this issue. I mean, these are, these are humans making choices and, and trusting that they are making the best choice for themselves. Like how can we look at the ways in which we are oppressing and judging other people for the choices they're making? Can we, can we be curious and can we, you know, love and trust? Yeah. And I, I just really, I really want to point out, like I mentioned, you know, the bank clinic's been in, been here, been around for, we're coming up on 24 years. We're not going anywhere. We're still here. We're still going to keep seeing the patients in our community. Um, we're doing everything we can to ensure that everyone in our community gets served. Plus all the people that are going to be coming from out of the area that need help as well. Um, so, is there anything yeah, the community we'll our doors are staying open? Joanna, is there anything the community can do to directly um, support Planned Parenthood in a in, in tangible ways? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously you know you know donating to us, looking at our website for volunteer opportunities that will be coming up, but also supporting the, the abortion travel funds is going to be super important, and that is going to help us as well. Um, it's going to help ensure that patients can get to us um, in a timely manner where we can help them um, and not have to then send them on because we can't help them. So. Uh, yeah, not just supporting Planned Parenthood, also support the, the travel funds um, how, in, whatever, in whatever way they feel able to. And how can we do that? There's a bit of a lag with the Zoom. So I'm sorry, I'm, keep, I'm interrupting you. Yeah. How can we, what does that look like? How do, how do we do that? Do we go on the Planned Parenthood website, website or call you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, certainly Northwest Fortune Funds is where I've mostly been directing people, but um, there's also... Uh, oh my gosh, Liliana, can you remind me of the Central Oregon, the, the exact name of the Central Oregon one? I'm sorry, the Central Oregon Abortion Collective? Yes. Yes. Um, and just if you just do a Google search for either one of those, it's going to get you to the right place. Okay, wonderful. 
You had something, Steve? Uh, Actually, the last thing I'm going to say is I heard this morning on Democracy Now! a woman talking about the fact that an assault rifle has more rights than a woman now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Central Oregon Abortion Collective, uh, Abortion Travel Fund, Planned Parenthood, Columbia, Willamette. I know there's others. You mentioned Seeding Justice, uh, a statewide foundation that's also uh, building a fund or administering a fund. And you mentioned, Liliana, one other, I think, statewide fund. I'm just trying uh, to Northwest. Give... Did you, you didn't yeah. say the Northwest uh, one. Yeah, uh, Northwest Abortion Fund. Okay, great, great. All right. Yeah. All right, so thank you, uh, uh, Liliana uh, Cabrera and uh, Joanna uh, Dennis Cook uh, from Planned Parenthood of Columbia Women for joining us, for talking with us about this incredibly important issue. I want to thank you again for your courage and determination um, to, to continue providing a, a wide range. Sometime we should get into all of that, a really wide range of health services for women. I mean, abortion is a piece of it, but there's so much more you do, and it's so powerful and valuable, and I've known many people who have uh, benefited from your work. So thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for everything you do. Yeah, we had um, Kata, who um, oh, yeah. is a, a, a trans individual, and she just had so many wonderful things to say about your organization and all the support you gave her in her transition. So even on that level, that was really great to hear. So, all right. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we'll keep keep this conversation going. Let us know anytime you want to talk about the community and... Uh, Yes, Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.